0: It's a spooky season, and we're here to talk about all of the spooky sober stuff. <laughs> all of the things we're scared about to doing sober, and all of the fears that kept us from getting sober in the first place. Ha <laughs> ha! Judgment, failure, shame, rejection, and all of the other spooky things that keep us stuck. We talk about how we get over our fears and scary and how we learn to use them as the fuel. And how sometimes we just have to do the things that are spooky and scary when we're sober. ha <laughs> If you're looking for some connection and some spooky friends to share this crazy sober life with, we're on Zoom every Monday. Hang out with us and have great conversations like the one you're about to listen to. (laughs) On this great podcast, you can get more and better information from our website (laughs) through theglassrecovery.com. Recovery is a lot more fun and less spooky and more manageable when you're not doing it all by yourself.
1: Hello and welcome everybody. So
0: happy to be here with you guys. We
1: are here with Karina and Rachel today. So we'll go ahead and do our introductions first. And Rachel, do you want to kick us off?
2: Uh, Sure. Hi, everybody. I am Rachel, person in long-term recovery. I am super, super excited to be here. I just recently celebrated my sixth year into my recovery, which is not something that I ever thought I could do. As many of you probably relate, I couldn't even get six days. Six days felt like six millenniums. So to have hit... Six years over the summer has been just an amazing accomplishment and definitely something I never, ever believed I could do. Going with our topic for today, that was something I was totally in fear of. But I'm just super grateful to be able to share space with you amazing people because that's what
1: Recovery gets to offer me today. Absolutely, and we are so excited to share space with you also. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your Facebook page and 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 what you do in the recovery community?
3: Mm-hmm. please yeah do. yes
1: Certainly, I am a definite fellow harm reductionist.
2: I believe in harm reduction. That has been a big story of my a big part of my journey. And I created a page about a year ago little over a year called Addicts with Purpose. Because in recovery, I found that my purpose in life and passion has been to help other people who were were in the same position within, but to also be a strength and a positive to those in or seeking recovery. And so I just use the page to post positive inspiration. I am a total lover. I believe there is not enough love in the world and self-love here trying to Use my experience to love or experience, strength and help, and teach y'all how to love and hug on yourself where that's all I ever talk about. (laughs) But that is what the perfect web page is. And I've done a lot of really cool things, but this seems to be what's working. I'm a certified peer support for years. um, And that's what I do for a profession by trade to, to make money. And then I just post memes all day long that try
1: to help inspire people. Amazing. Yeah, we love your Facebook page. And you're just you have so many wonderful messages of love to share. So we will post a link to that in the show notes and make sure everybody can get in touch with you and follow that and also get inspired. So thank you for being here. And then we'll go with Karina. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself too?
4: Okay, yeah, sure. I am Karina. I am sober Uh, I've been trying to get sober for a long time, probably four years, but this particular go around, so like you, I've done uh, a lot of stints of being sober and then relapsing, sober and relapsing, but this time it's 535 days. So I've passed my year mark and I'm really grateful to be here. I'm grateful for your podcast. I will definitely look up your Facebook page because I can just not get enough memes I need memes more memes and now you know I I fill my days up with a lot of uh, dog and cat memes <laughs> <laughs> I love the story of rescues I have two feral cats that I rescued when I lived in Cairo Egypt but um yeah it's always good to have positive messages that uh, kind of hopefully inspire you. So thanks for hey.
3: Karina. So what I just heard was is you have two Egyptian cats mm-hmm. in Edmonton, Alberta.
4: <laughs> yeah, I live in Edmonton in, in the little prairie. Well, it's not a little prairie city, it's about a million people, but it is uh got a small town feel and these cats just really capture my attention and imagination. They're these wonderful Little uh urchins that came to me. Like there's this thing I speaking of memes, there's this meme called the Universal Cat Distribution System. I don't know if you've heard of it. (laughs) Everybody you know that has ever got a cat, it's always the cat that has found them or come accidentally into their lives. And I have to say that this happened to me twice. I tried, I was only going to be a foster. I'm actually a dog person. I also have a dog. It's my boyfriend's dog, and he's a rescue as well. But both these cats I fostered, and they are both foster fails. I I had homes for them, and those fell through, so they ended up staying with me. And yeah, so but it was meant to be.
3: Mm-hmm. Karina and her <laughs> Egyptian cats. Now we know a little bit my, more about you.
4: My pharaoh pharaohs. That's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for coming back. Karina is very much a regular on the podcast now, so it is always lovely to have you and see you again. Absolutely. For our topic today, since it is the Halloween edition of Through the Glass Recovery Podcast, fear has a way of holding us back. That is true in life and in recovery. One thing that I've learned is that if I avoid doing everything I'm afraid of, I'm just going to end up very, very stuck. So today we're going to talk about fear, but specifically, what are you afraid of facing now that you're sober? Or what were you afraid of that you've already had to go through? And what did you learn from that experience?
3: The spooky sober stuff.
1: I know I wanted to get like some sound effects and play them, but I didn't get that far today. So
3: I mean, I could probably insert them later. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I think,
4: you know, I, I, I am afraid of relapsing. I think that's a big fear. I think that one day, you know, cause Life is life. And, uh, you know, in recovery, I I think there's a myth or it's a it's a narrative that because people say this all the time. Oh, my life is so much better since I stopped drinking. Oh, things are so great now that I've stopped drinking. And a lot of us in the on the recovery journey are like, when is my life going to be great? (laughs) Life is just life. Mm -hmm. It's better sober for sure but life is still life. And uh, so it isn't this magical world that opens up. It's still a real world. And there's still temptations in that real world that make you sometimes consider do it going, falling back on old habits, or at least, oh my God, how am I going to handle this, this crisis or this is, issue? Sober. And having to deal with life sober is really challenging. and I know perhaps some of you have longer sober days behind you than I do and maybe it gets easier. but my fear is that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna think, oh, I can have a drink. I'll be fine or you know what? today was a hard day. I'm just gonna have a I'm just gonna have a shot, you know and uh, and then I know where that will go now. But I still live in fear that that one day, I don't know, something's going to chip away at that resolve to stay sober and I'll relapse. So that's my big fear. It's a scary thought.
3: And then you know where that ends you up because you've tried that enough times now that it's, you know, you fear the instant replay of it happening all over again. Like, I, I haven't relapsed. This is my first kick at this cat and I'm two and a half years into it. And so I have that same fear. For me, I call it a healthy fear. It's a healthy it's a healthy fear of I remember who that person was, and I don't want to go back to that. And so I have this attachment of, of that person with alcohol, and I don't want to meet that person again. And so my fear is, is if I drink alcohol, I meet that person again. Yeah, and and that isn't. I I don't want to go there. That I, I don't want to go there right now. I mean, I I literally admitted this to Julie and a bunch of people yesterday. I've I've got my mother who just had surgery and just had a cancer diagnosis. Um, my aunt is currently in the hospital on her deathbed. Yes, nice. and I'm taking care of her little puppy and bringing her to the hospital every morning. Now. And so today she was worse off than she was yesterday and I was at the hospital yesterday and there was more times that I could, that I would like to admit where that thought crossed my mind, damn, I could use a drink right now. Mm-hmm. Like it is still that wiring for me is really short. The thought process, you know, I, Jesus, I got to tell myself that's, I know that's the first thing I have to do when I did, cause I don't want to give it any more power than what's necessary, like the thought come through. There's nothing wrong. I don't think with having the thought it's what I'm going to, what am I going to do with it afterwards? And there's a fear there too. So I'm, I could have the fear of admitting that I had the thought.
4: Mm. Yeah.
3: And I yeah. think that in and of itself, if I fear of and the shame of having the thought, because yeah, I didn't, still didn't want to say Jesus Christ. I thought about this a lot more, probably like half a dozen times. Cause it still is like this feeling all of this heavy emotion. And I have to ask myself, why, what is it? Where's it coming from? What am I trying to escape from or not have to deal with? But it's still the fear of relapse. It's a healthy one, that's for sure.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, well, and go ahead, go for it. Yeah. So that fear, got me sick for the longest time. Is I had been trying to get sober since two thousand and six when I had my first kid, and I finally, in <laughs> twenty seventeen, I finally figured it out, and that fear of I can't do this. All of them together, fear of success, fear of relapse, fear of going into an AA meeting and and admitting and sitting amongst other people and saying, hey, I'm actually a part of you guys. And I've been fighting and proving to myself, trying to prove to myself that I wasn't one of you for so many years. And the fear of, God, the fear of all of it kept me so sick because I started doing like I'm chronic relapsing with like my mojo you know all the time but I always cheated and thought that I could drink because I was in fear of living a life without alcohol you know I can I can get off the meth I can get off the coke you know and and get off the other things but a fear of living a life without alcohol which was my best friend it got me through interviews never got the jobs but it got me through the interviews it got me through 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 death. It got me through celebrations. It got me through being fired. It got me through breakups. It got me through having hard conversations. It was like, how am I going to live without the one thing that's always been by my side? So then you get sober and it's like, okay, I got to deal with these hard, scary situations. Wait, I don't know how to do that because I usually get drunk so I can handle it. You know, Mm -hmm. so like fear of being successful of not having to drink was even more scary because it was like holy shit what if i screw up i gotta go backwards now yeah. and so fear of relapse kept me super sick because i just always relapsed it was just easier that way which it really wasn't <laughs> but that's the addict brain tricking you and playing games if you're just doing whatever it can to lure you back Um, I love that you said, Steve, you had to tell on yourself because I've been telling on myself for like three months now at work. I'm like, y'all are going to a bar and you keep inviting me. And I'm telling you, aren't you guys all realizing how stressful work is? I can go sit with you guys because you're in recovery, but the people at my work, a lot of them will drink. And I'm like, that is the most scariest place for me to go with other people in in their version of recovery to sit at a bar when I would love to have a drink. With other people who are drinking. And I'm like, y'all got me. <laughs> I got to just keep telling you, I can't be there. I can't be there. And that's scary too. Cause like, then everybody at your work is thinking, what if Rachel gets drunk? What if Rachel gets drunk? <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, I just got to go this way. But that fear is a relapse is huge. And I think we all go through that. That it's it's a very normal, healthy fear. Cause like, who wants to destroy your lives? We do a pretty good job ruining our lives in all different kinds of ways. but. Losing your recovery would is a good healthy fear, as you said, Steve,
3: for sure. Yeah, I don't even need booze to to <laughs> destroy my life. But if I put it in there, I can. that'll happen a hell of a lot faster.
4: Yeah. 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 Hmm. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. I think for me, fear,
1: my big fear is facing grief. Grief is what sent me back into a full-blown relapse. And so once I finally did get sober or even before I got sober, you know, I I my the grief that I'm talking about is like the loss of my dog, which um it was a pretty traumatic experience. And that sent me into a full blown relapse. I mean, I was drinking morning till night. I couldn't get through a day without drinking. Um And when I finally realized I had to quit, then I was like, what if I have to face grief again? I can't face grief without alcohol. And at that point, my dad was going through like his third cancer diagnosis and things <laughs> weren't looking good. And so there's the very real fear of losing a parent, which for me, that that is terrifying. That's still something I'm very scared of experiencing. But at the time I was like, well, I can't quit drinking now because there's this impending situation. There's this impending grief that I'm going to feel. So I might as well just keep drinking until after that, since I know I can't do it sober, you know. And so I almost used that fear as an excuse to continue drinking. And finally, I had to realize like my the biggest fear was losing my life or losing everything that I have, losing my kids and losing my my home and you know everything that was guaranteed to happen if I kept drinking so I had to do something but I had to stop drinking but I mean that that fear of grief while I'm sober is still very real I'm fairly confident I'm gonna make it through but it's certainly something that I'm scared of experiencing
2: yeah grief is hard grief is hard like awful hard another thing that has been fear of my whole life, which I'm finally getting through. And I'm still working on it. But fear of rejection has ruled my life. Always being afraid. I meet people and they're like, so what if they say no? At least you tried. I'm like, that is such a scary thought to me. But what if somebody told me no? What if they said no or return a shirt at the store? And what if they think badly of me because the shirt was too small (laughs) and I mean the fear of rejection in so many ways and this Facebook page and these groups have helped me to grow a lot through them because I mean taking a selfie and like expressing your life what if somebody judged me what if I got vulnerable and what if somebody that and so to learn how to recover out loud has been really really big for me To push myself through this fear of rejection. And and I'm not perfect. I still have plenty of fear of of things like that. But I've grown learning tools in recovery and having other addicts to talk to that share that same fear has been super powerful because it's like something that's almost so crazy and some people don't even understand it. And I'm like, no, that's traumatizing. To be told, no, I can't have a refill <laughs> at the store, at a, at a restaurant, which why would they even say no, is awful. But that's been good.
3: I know someone just like that. <laughs> I do. I do. She's that's here. Me. Yeah, she's here.
1: I am. you like like, what you're describing sounds exactly like me. I struggle to return things at the store. Yeah, there's so much of that. For me, it's all shame. Right. I've realized that it's, it's all shame-based. I wouldn't post a selfie on the internet for most of my life. And the fact that I'm posting things on social media now, especially about recovery, is just this incredible change in the way that I see myself. And the more you do it, it's the same, it's the shining a light on shame, right? I mean, we're so afraid of feeling shame that we'll do anything to avoid it. Because that's, for me, rejection feels like shame. So I'll do anything in my power to avoid ever feeling shame or ever feeling rejected. And all that does is hold us back from everything in life. And when you finally just start shining a light on it and talking about it and talking about how it feels, that's when you realize it. I don't know, it it takes all of that, a lot of that fear. I'm not going to say all of that fear, but it takes a lot of that fear away to just go ahead and, and face it and and light it up but yeah it it takes a lot of courage to get to that point too yeah it's
2: hard and then it's like all of a sudden you're like wait that wasn't hard (laughs) it was so hard i thought and it wasn't even that hard right but
4: yeah i feel you have to that fear of judgment, right judgment shame you know all those biggies guilt rejection They do keep you kind of stuck if you don't acknowledge your feelings like you have, you absolutely, I think that's, you know, one of the bravest things about sobriety so that you don't relapse is facing those fears head on and not squashing them down. Because I think that's what we did, right? It's like, oh, that feeling is so, so overwhelming, and pushing it down with drugs pushing it down with alcohol pushing it down with whatever you know replacement addiction that bubbles up to the surface after you quit drinking or after you've quit drugs but actually dealing with those emotions and they're they're normal they're part of the human condition means you're normal it means you're living but never not giving them so much power that they they run your life and i like that you're you know you just feel the fear and do it anyway you know just do it anyway take that selfie go on that trip return that shirt
3: <laughs> yeah it's but it's 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 crazy the anxiety that accompanies that fear right because there's there is all of this like surrounding energy that you it's like a bubble surrounding energy that's that's around you when you're like ah and then you go and do it you're like mother well, it wasn't that bad like it yep. wasn't as easy but it, it feels absolutely difficult. But Karina, you like you talk about the fear a little bit, and I think fear itself has a bad connotation. It has it has a bad name. I feared a lot of things and I got really, really pissed off one day. And I was just like, I'm, I'm, i being afraid of being afraid. Mm-hmm. And, and instead I'm going to make fear my friend. I'm going to befriend fear, have it be a part of my life. And instead of having it be an enemy, I'm going to walk alongside it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm going to carry it with me. And say, I am afraid. And then it gives me an opportunity to acknowledge it and say, what am I going to do today about this? Am I going to run from it? Which I do I'm guilty of it all the time. And I'm really good at running from it by procrastinating, uh, self-sabotaging, like doing the opposite of what I know I should be doing. And then, but at least I know it exists and I can say, you know what, I'm done being afraid of this, I am just gonna try it. And I and we talk about all of the fears and how do we get over them? By mm. doing something where you have to sit in the anxiety of it all and the whole body cringe part. And it's it's scary, right? Like it is. It's it's spooky. It it feels spooky. <laughs> Sometimes it feels lonely right let's <laughs> uh, there's your sound effects there's your uh, i don't know how That's scary let's talk about you talked about rachel you talked about the fear of um missing out on your best friend which was for me it was alcohol too i can completely relate to that story how about being alone Because I think fear of being alone and loneliness all on its own, when you let go of alcohol as your best friend, it feels freaking lonely.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: It does. Well, and it's so crazy because alcohol and drugs literally become your everything. Like They are your best friend. And they are your companion, they're your enemy, they're your love and hate. I love you, I miss you, I can't deal without you. Get the hell out of my life, wait, hurry up, come back. And that chaos that comes with it, like fear of not even having the chaos, is real too. But man, it sure was lonely in the beginning (laughs) when the thought of going to a party alone because your your booze was your friend, it was your everything. And man, I relate to that. Now I don't care, now I go everywhere alone. I'm like, can somebody, maybe somebody, does anybody want to come? Because I'm like alone all the time now. <laughs> and I love it. But that was learned, you know, I learned how to be alone and love it because that was not a not a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah we learned all of it, right? It's all about the experience. I think for a, a lot of my fear, was just the unknown um i remember i was afraid to go camping without alcohol and would i be able to get through it and would i be miserable um i was afraid to go on vacation with and not drink and you know would that would the vacation be miserable and would i be bored and what i feel like i'm missing out and and all of that maybe i'll never enjoy vacations again because i can't drink i remember i had I went to Iceland when I was about 90 days sober and the whole time leading up to it I was like I can't imagine you know sitting in a hot springs not drinking you know a, a, an Icelandic micro brew I just couldn't imagine it how could it possibly be fun without it and all it took was going and doing the thing to realize it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was and I think that's come up with a lot of different situations. Um, traveling now is so much fun without alcohol. And I never even miss it or think about it. Camping is, it, I don't even think twice. I just go camping and I really enjoy bubbly water or kombucha. <laughs> but all those things that I was so afraid of, I just had to go do them. And and then I realized I'm totally capable of doing it. And then you get the confidence. It's, it's not something that's scary anymore. And the more you do it, the more confident you get. The less it matters
2: vacationing sober was so scary
1: (laughs) so scary and
2: I still relate to that we're going on a cruise like I'm treating me and my kids to a Christmas cruise this year and that was one of the things I thought about I'm like what am I gonna do like at night when everybody's like dancing or like you go to I don't even know I don't even know what's gonna happen and I'm like but I can't even drink on it and that's okay like I'm not miserable about it but I've thought about like What the heck am I going to do? The kids aren't going to want to go do adult things with me. By all means, they're teenagers. (laughs) It's going to be like, mom, leave me alone. Shut the door. Um, (laughs) I'm not going anywhere you asked me to go. And then what do I do? As an adult who doesn't drink on a cruise. And that thought is a little scary because (laughs) I could get drunk with everybody, but I'm not. And so I feel you on... But I've done plenty of vacations and not drank. Every single one of them has been wonderful. And I remember them. <laughs> go
3: figure. It's funny how like not drinking and then maintaining your memories it goes, go like hand in hand.
4: <laughs> well, and as I did stock. Well, and also being able to do the activities that ha- if you, the vacations you've done drinking Ah, uh, you're too hungover to do the sightseeing tour. You're too hungover to do the zip line or whatever activity. Now you can do it all. You can, you know, and and just enjoy where you're where you are. One of the things that a therapist helped me with when it came to fear and anxiety was, and I mean, I'm not going to do the exercise with you guys, but I'll give you the shortcut version. <laughs> I'll spare you the eight
3: hundred dollars or whatever,
4: <laughs> but it was like looking at the opposite end of anxiety, so or fear. Like you know, what what are the physiological things that happen to you when you are in fear? You know, you have the shortness of breath, the heart starts to palpitate, you you feel all tingly and everything. And what other emotion feels like that? It's excitement you know, like exhilaration, exhilaration and fear are like the same, it's the same physiological feeling. And so to channel your fear into exhilaration, because it is the unknown, but being excited about the unknown instead of scared about the unknown. And it's the same feeling, but just walking yourself through the process. And, you know, I, 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 I got to, I got to do a lot of amazing adventures when I was living in Egypt. And one of the things that was really scary for me that I overcame and did anyways was going on this hot air balloon ride, uh, the crack of dawn, uh, going over Cappadocia, which is in Turkey. And a lot of people do it. I mean, it it's probably, but I was freaked out because it's this rocky terrain. You know, some of these balloon pilots, they look a little sketchy, you know? <laughs> Like, you know, what they're doing. I mean, there's hundreds of, ball- you see the photos, there's hundreds of balloons. They do it all the time. My guy was so good. He actually landed on the back of a truck. Like his precision and pilot ship, you know, was just so on the money. But, I, you know, that was an exhilar. It was fear turned into exhilaration. And so to channel that in, and I keep that in the back of my mind whenever I am feeling overwhelmed or scared about something. Is that it is the same feeling as exhilaration, as excitement, and to just, just, you know, take the deep breath and to just reframe, reframe what I'm looking at. Yeah. I pinned a
1: quote on my Pinterest inspiration board the other day Attitude is the difference between an ordeal and an adventure. Hmm. And that's essentially what you're talking about, right there. You can look at the unknown as an adventure, or you can look at it as this terrifying, miserable ordeal. Um, and it's all in your perspective. It's all the mindset, right?
3: Well, there's this one meme. I think you showed it to me, right? And it was like, "Did you die? No. Then, <laughs> right? Did you? Di- then it's an adventure, right? Did you die? No. Then it's an adventure. Did you die? No." All of those things. The answer is no. Like, how much are we afraid of that it really isn't going to kill us? Like returning a shirt or how posting your picture on, are you going to die? No. Well, damn. Yeah.
2: Can I tell you something else that's scary? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Haunted houses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fun to be scared. I agree. Yeah. When they jump out at you. Those witch- zombies, I hate them. Hate them all. I don't understand them. I don't. Why would you go into a cornfield to get the crap scared out of you? <laughs> 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 like, we talk about fear in Halloween. These little house things are off the chart. My kids went yeah. last week, and I'm like, wait for two hours in a line to literally like run because your chase and then you can't sleep for a month. <laughs> 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 That's not I, I really going yeah. to my I'm not walking to the car at nighttime anymore.
0: Uh,
2: those are healthy. That
3: that stuff gets that stuff gets in your head. I mean, I I remember sleeping in the back of my truck in deep woods, like Kentucky, <laughs> and and I've seen some pretty bad horror movies. And you hear this the, the clicking and stuff in the woods, and I'm like, oh no, it's one of those guys wearing somebody else's face as a mask. And he's sitting in the bush, and do has, and 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 has a machete, and I, and I listen, and then there's a couple more cracks, and I'm like, no, you know, let's just make some logical sense of this in my head. He's getting closer, yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm like, am I being watched? I'm in the middle of a bush, in the middle of nowhere. What is going on? Russell. So yeah, no, I this isn't. That's that's literally happened to me. Just oh, this past summer, you know, yeah. oh, okay. sitting out there on the back of my truck and and, and there's clickety clacking in the bush and or and also I've seen eyes, you know, in the dark, <laughs> yeah. eyes in the dark. And I'm like, oh, good. It's a mountain lion. I'm dead. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it's deer. We're so
1: good at that, though, I telling know. ourselves these stories. And it doesn't have to be like spooky stuff out in the woods. We're good at doing that just in life in general. Like this small little thing can happen and suddenly we've blown it up into this, you know, huge, big, scary thing that we're imagining. And we have zero proof that mm-hmm. there's even anything to be afraid of. I love that. You know? Zero
3: proof, But the fear that is self- created
4: oh yeah you've heard that that fear is the acronym for false evidence appearing real oh no i've yeah. never heard that <laughs> I, haven't,
3: I haven't heard that one but it's like
4: it's just it's all in your head right it's it, a yes. lot of it, not all of it and the healthy dose of fear is what's gonna keep you on your toes keep you safe keep you prepared because preparation yeah. is a good part of of you know bracing against disaster or tragedy but yeah a lot of it is this imagined idea of what might happen or could happen and uh, doesn't
3: happen in the end. Fear has its place fear's there to, in, in my own head to keep me protected. The story that I'm even mm-hmm. end, end up telling myself about the people in the woods makes me want to hide right? <laughs> to protect myself from it. When you don't want to return the sweater I'm just going to wrap things up now When you don't want to return the sweater, what are you protecting yourself from? Mm
2: -hmm.
3: The rejection? What are you, Mm -hmm. you know, even the fear of relapse? Mm -hmm. What are you protecting yourself from? Feeling ashamed that I had another drink because I have to start, it feels like starting all over again. So I think like a healthy dose of fear keeps, Karina said that, you know, keeps me on my toes, keeps me in line, it keeps me protected but then prepared. We talked about a lot of really amazing stuff. We had a great conversation tonight that fear of relapse, fear of admitting that I have a problem. Like that's the very first place I had to start. We all had to start. I have a problem with this. Mm -hmm. I need to do something about it. And even coming out and not even telling someone, but admitting to myself, I have a problem was terrifying yeah absolutely terrifying it felt like i was pulling a piece of my soul off my body mm-hmm. because it had meant it it meant that my companion my best friend was my problem and it was alcohol was a huge part of my problem right next to my thinking yeah. fear of living a life without alcohol real fear that a lot of us have. I, I I fear of living my life now, introducing alcohol back into it, but fear of l- like letting go of that. Why can't it be a part of my life anymore? Really hard to do. Really, really hard to let go of that. Fear of grief, rejection, judgment, loneliness, and the unknown. In the end, fear isn't a bad thing. It's something to walk alongside of and last but not least, Karina, you said changing fear to excitement,
2: mm-hmm.
3: giving it a different perspective, giving it a different lens.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so I want to say thank you, Karina. And thank you, Rachel for joining us today and sharing your thoughts and your experiences on fear. This was really great. Thank you so much. You too.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Halloween! Yeah!
4: Oh,
2: that was awesome.
1: You guys rock. Thank you so much to everyone for sharing your time with us. We hope you all have a fun, sober, and not too spooky Halloween. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow through the Glass Recovery Podcast so you don't miss future episodes.